All right. Well, we are live on YouTube now because I uh, apparently didn't hit the live on YouTube stream. We've been live on the app this entire time. So my apologies to Kevin and everybody else who has been trying to watch on YouTube. You've been able to hear on the app. Hopefully Kevin comes back in just a second. Uh, My screw up during the Big 12 championship game. It's uh, just one of those things where you're taking care of several things at once, including hosting, and here we are. Welcome to the Texas Sports Unfiltered postgame show. I am Trey Elling. We'll be joined in just a second by Kevin Dunn, who is probably very annoyed with me right now. If you've been listening on the app for the last uh, 30 minutes or so, congratulations. You got the start of this postgame. Here we are now uh, on YouTube, live on YouTube. Uh, and uh, we have the opportunity to uh, to broadcast and celebrate the Texas Longhorns and their win in the Big 12 championship game over the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The final score, 49-21, to 21, could have been a lot worse than that, felt a lot worse than that. Quinn Ewers, the MVP of this game, with uh, 452 passing yards, four touchdowns, uh, that single interception, Texas defense looks good overall. The passing attack, unfortunately, uh, was uh, for Oklahoma State, was successful at times. So some concerns with that Longhorn defense will continue into their next game, uh, whether be it in the college football playoff semifinal or the uh, whatever bowl game they're a part of. It will likely be a Cotton Bowl matchup with, oh, I don't know, Missouri maybe, or perhaps somebody else. But the Texas Longhorns do win emphatically like we thought they would, 49-21. to and uh, what a great way to end uh, this decades-long run in the Big 12 for the Texas Longhorns, winning that final conference championship. Uh, you are able to, uh, to celebrate that, and now you uh, get to sit and wait and see uh, if the right teams win to help you get into the college football playoff as that fourth and final team in a semifinal matchup that will very likely be against the Georgia Bulldogs as uh, last time I checked that score it was seven to nothing Georgia let's see that game is still seven to nothing Georgia Alabama is driving though inside the Georgia 30 yard line at the Georgia 30 yard line looking to uh, tie the game up thanks to everybody who has uh, been commenting on the YouTube comments line so far uh, big Craig says adios mofos CB what's up CB no way uh, for some reason, maybe we did have a technical issue because uh, I could have sworn that I clicked to start the live stream, but uh, the live stream was not going a few minutes ago. So you probably got us on the app if you were listening on the app, but we lost the YouTube stream for just a second. No way. Always good to hear from you, my friend. Thank you so much for taking part in the post game show. Uh, Mark K checking the app. No YouTube broadcast. There was a YouTube broadcast, maybe, or maybe there wasn't. I don't remember at this point. I'm doing several things while also trying to uh, to host the post-game feed, and uh, I may have screwed something up, or we may have uh, lost the live feed. One way or the other, my apologies if uh, if it was either, because technical issues we have no control over. Otherwise, I just made a mistake. That's the way it goes sometimes, folks. By the way, the uh, YouTube comments line is brought to you by Clean Cause. Clean Cause has eight delicious flavors of organic sparkling yerba mate with lower zero calories and 160 milligrams of natural caffeine. 50% of net profits support addiction recovery. To date, they've given $2 million plus in support of recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. You can go to cleancause.com to find out more. All right. Yes, uh, we have been talking uh, about a lot of different things related to this game. The Longhorns performance, Quinn Ewers looking really good. Steve Sarkeesian having a great game as a play caller. This really goes back a couple of games now, starting with that Iowa State game. Thought he was pretty good against Texas Tech, too. And he was really dialed in, especially for the start of this one. I mean, Texas was taking less than five plays to get down the field to score uh, their first couple of touchdowns. And a lot of that was Quinn Ewers uh, being on point with his wide receivers. A.D. Mitchell had a big game, obviously. J.T. Sanders did, too. Both guys finished with over 100 receiving yards. Each has a touchdown. Xavier Worthy, as important as he ever was, six catches, 86 yards. Unfortunately, suffered what looked like an ankle injury, maybe a re-aggravation of that ankle injury uh, early in the fourth quarter. Jordan Whittington, 
four catches for 48 yards. Uh, he was his typical solid stuff. Also has a quick, uh, a quick twitch in this game that uh, really looks like the best he's been making guys miss since going back to that state championship game, uh, his final game for uh, his high school team that uh, turned a lot of Longhorn fans in the process. He was doing a great job. And just this Texas offense overall. Now the uh, rushing attack left a little bit to be desired, but when your quarterback is setting a conference record, a conference championship game record for yards thrown and uh, really could have been worse too. He could have gotten close to 500 if he wanted to, but they did pull him about halfway through the fourth quarter, giving Malik Murphy and then Arch Manning uh, some opportunities there really to hand the football off more than anything else. But Quinn Ewers was your player of the game. According to the big 12, he does get that WWE player of the game belt from Longhorn fan, the undertaker and uh, the uh, the Texas Longhorns now get to play the waiting game, the watch and wait game, I guess, as it were. Georgia, uh, as I said, up 7 to nothing right now. The most important game is Florida State and Louisville with uh, the Longhorns needing Louisville to knock off un- undefeated Florida State. If that yes. happens, I have a hard time believing that Texas doesn't make it into the game at this point, especially after Washington beat Oregon last night. Kevin? My apologies if we were not live for the first 30 minutes of that conversation on YouTube. We were live on the app, so it's not a, a complete lost cause, but uh, we are it's now, a lost cause. We are now live on YouTube. Yeah, I didn't see the whole live thing working, which why I asked you, like, how long are we going here? Um, tell you what, buddy, you, you dropped the ball on that one. No, I'm kidding. You, you were doing so much stuff, so... We have yeah, no well, problem. We've been, we've been talking for uh, almost an hour now, and now I feel obligated to talk longer than I, I probably have the time to do so. So fuck me. Yeah, no, we're all good. Um, we, um, I think you hit a lot of it. I thought Sark's game plan was as it, game plan and play calling, and the two things are different. Um, game plans throughout the week, game plan can be throughout the summer, can be looking at different things, but probably would have been just a week because. They didn't have Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State's so much different now than they were two months ago that the game plan with the play calling in the moment and situation was very good. It took a lot of the pressure off the red zone issues with the trick play to JT Sanders, with the even Jade Barron that was really well schemed to get him in the flat and the way they shifted stuff. Um, you know, they kind of look like Washington last night. They look like a top four well-coached offense and and with as much talent, if not more, probably pretty close. Um, I was, dude, I couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, maybe you gassed it up in the second half, but I also like, as I mentioned on the, on the uh, stream, that, you know, I think one of the problems with Lincoln that he needs to evolve is that you have to work with your DC and your defense if you're the head coach and the OC and the play caller to work with them. And if you've got that type of lead and you can drain the second half, take it. I mean, the the point was made to the committee. If Louisville wins, Texas is in. If Georgia wins, Texas should be in. Um, They, you know, the last two games, they've looked like a top four team. And that was their biggest issue. Their biggest issue was, consecutively Houston TCU or Kansas state and TCU. And even us post game objectively were like, well, got away with one there. didn't look like a playoff team. They have the last two weeks. And so all that plays into it. Um, I, man, I'm, I'm super giddy right now. I don't get giddy very often at my age. Yeah, that's good. You and I don't show a ton of emotion for uh, for our sports teams at this point. Like even the Texas Rangers winning a championship a month ago, like that was cool to see. But it's I, I wouldn't have celebrated like I would have as a kid or even as somebody in my early twenties. It's just just the, uh, the the fact of life, I guess. And just yeah, uh, I don't know. You've invested so much emotion at a certain point. Like there's a sense of relief, but it's not it's not as joyous as you would think it is in certain situations. But I also weirdly felt that way back in early 2006, too. Yeah. A couple of the things we covered because, you know, I mean, it's hard for me to recreate the brilliance I gave for, what, 40 minutes there, Dre. Um, it, was, is, it wasn't it was your best work, to be It fair. was 
Are you kidding me? It was great work. I thought it was the best 25 minutes I've ever done in my life. I definitely disagree with that. Why wasn't it good? Bring it back here. Uh, you know, it was okay. It was, you know, we, we probably spent a little bit too much time on Brett Yormark, but uh, it's that fine. was on you though, because because you back up Brett Yormark. That wasn't on you me. guys. Your bosom buddies. And that was odd. on me too. You're right. That wasn't that wasn't our finest work. So fortunately, it was a throwaway thirty uh, minutes. Our finest work. You underthrew me, which Quinn did a little bit. Like he had a couple deep balls, but um, but you know, he also put put some balls on the money. Yeah, and. Sark schemed him up, man. I also think Quinn's one of those guys that get him going. He is one of those jump shooters that get him to the free throw line early. Get Let him see four go through. And then the threes will start Brandon. Um, and he did that with him. I mean, he, that, that was, that was, I mean, Texas was better coach, better scheme, better play calling and better talent. And the fact that it was 42, 14 or 42, 21, the fact, you know, here's the fact. Oklahoma State didn't onside kick when it was at 42-21. Yeah, Last they, time they, were, they were punting at points where they probably should have right. been going for it if they felt like they had a chance. Yeah, there were, no. there were a number of red flags for Oklahoma State just wanting this game to be over with. Gundy knows and, and was smart with all that. So. Yeah, he was he was interviewed by Molly McGrath. I think it was between the first and second quarter, and he had give up in his voice then. Yeah, but she was asking, "What do you guys need to do to make this fourth down?" And he like he started going into other stuff, and it's like, oh, he he yeah. sees the writing on the wall here. Well, nil money is really big, Molly. Uh, we're in the third quarter here, um, so yeah, uh, they knew and they. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it was what it enough to get, to get it done to make sure that everyone watching who can watch football is like that. That's a top four team. They play like that. Now they haven't the whole time. So also, if we get left out, let's remember that that you know this team was up and down. But in terms of long term, man, I'm super happy with how this team's gotten better and Derek. Derek Williams could be out to recap kind of what we did earlier, which was brilliant on my part, not his, um, was, you know, the officiating. I mean, like the last go around the big 12, they couldn't cause the separation was too big, but still tried to poke in there a little bit. We talked about the Christian Jones hold, which very easily could have been, he's got him up top, but watching big 12 football for the last 28 years, but, 10 especially, um, I, this year, last year, I've seen UT defensive linemen getting horse collared as they're getting to the quarterback and the guy's riding them like a bull. Um, and it's not called. And they were ticky-tack on stuff like that. Standing over the ball with one second to go in the play clock, you don't reset it or call defensive delay a game? Like – they were trying, man. And Texas, that was what we said at the beginning of the year. Overcome all that. You have to win by 10 because it may only be three. And some of their three-point wins weren't just officiating. There was some of that there, but there was also you not being consistent. And even today, we saw the kryptonite with Texas. I mean, if they face a really good passing team with wideouts, they could be in trouble, man. Yeah, I'm still concerned. Now, they wouldn't face Washington until a championship game if they face Washington right. at all. That poses a serious problem for this football team. Yeah, you know what? I'll take it. I would too. And I would be curious to see the Washington matchup because Washington might have some success running the football because they do a lot of throwing to set up the run. And I've felt like that is an area where you might be able to find a little bit of room against this Texas defense. It's obviously so good against the run. Georgia might pose that challenge. They've obviously been great throwing the football over the last month plus now with Beck uh, really coming in, into his own. And uh, Florida State, who knows what you get with Florida State because you're not really sure uh, about those other quarterbacks. They're really good defensively, though, so that, will likely be, uh, that would likely be a tight contest if it were a scenario where Florida State gets in and the SEC gets left out if Alabama wins. But the committee says, you know what? Texas beat Alabama. We need to be true to our word here and put the Longhorns in over an SEC team. 
And then Michigan, um, I don't know. How do you think Texas would match up to Michigan? There's a chance that we see Georgia play Alabama really closely and they slip a little bit, and then Michigan gets put in that number one spot with a complete beatdown over Iowa today. How do you think those two teams would match up? I think Michigan would give Texas defensive line, which I've been saying from September, you know, just early on watching a bunch of national games, which is what I I, I do, that – they had the best defensive line, run defense, defensive tackles in the country, and that proved out and got better. Uh, Michigan's offensive line, they lost an All-American guard last week, which yeah. really hurt them. Um, but still, I mean, I, I think that would be a good test, you know, strength on strength. McCarthy, you know, you never really know how much you're letting him go and letting him let it rip, and they're very conservative, but he hasn't been great the last month. Um, so the kryptonite of Texas on the back end, I don't know how much that would hurt Texas. They've got underrated wideouts. Michigan does. It'd be a hell of a game. Um, but Texas could win any of those. Texas could beat anyone in the country. They could lose to 11 teams. I, you know, I've, I've been pretty consistent on that. And the last two weeks has only proven the, the former that they can definitely beat anyone in the country. No way, you are always too kind. Thank you so much, No way. Big 12 champs, hook them. Agreed with that sentiment, and uh, we are so grateful of uh, your support all season long. I think we can uh, safely agree on the uh, offensive MVP in the Longhorns game today. It is brought to you by Verde's Mexican Parilla, located on the road. Off of 71 in beautiful Spicewood, Texas, Verdes is serving up an extensive menu of all your traditional Mexican and Tex-Mex favorites. We've got beautiful indoor dining area that makes for a great date night. Outside, a covered patio with a ton of space for the whole family. They've got a huge grass area with footballs, frisbee, and games for everyone to enjoy. They can host your party and cater your next meal as well. Go see them. Verdes, Mexican, Maria. The offensive player of the game is Quinn Ewers, Kevin. Big 12 record for passing yards, four touchdowns and interception. Uh, hopefully that hip is not too dinged up. And uh, he has uh, continued to look better pretty much each and every week since coming back from that AC joint injury. Yeah. I'll give my mom, Cindy Kelly, some love on the, we talked about it during the week, Xavier Worthy and JT Sanders always going down then coming back in. I mean, obviously Xavier still on that last play was, you know, more serious, but Sark said, you know, x-ray is negative after the game and good to go. So, you know, you know, the good thing is at this point you have a month. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is the good thing because whether it is the semifinal game or New Year's six game, those games are all on January 1st, I believe. Yeah. So So you have time a month from yesterday and yeah, the x-rays aren't going to show anything if it's a a ligament issue, but that's something that he's been dealing with for several weeks now. And he looked pretty darn healthy all the way up to the point where he got rolled up on by that Oklahoma state players. And the time off will do him a lot of good plus modern science and the ability to help guys uh, recover a lot faster than even five years. It was his left ankle that wasn't rolled up. They said it was when he planted and it didn't look like there was not one of those where I saw co-eds, looking at the, you know, huge screen up top on the replay before they showed us a replay on TV going, oh, I'm like, oh, God, is this Theismann? Did I not see that live? And he planted and it turned a little, but like nothing that was bad. I mean, so it could be ligaments. Trust me, you know my left ligaments and what it's caused with my hip and everything else on my left leg after breaking it or tearing them twice. So I'm, I'm well aware um, but kind of, you know, I, it didn't look like he rolled up on the left ankle, which is the one he was grabbing. He did get rolled up on the left ankle. I watched he the did. replay several okay. times. Yeah, it was, um, it, it didn't look terrible. Like the Jatavian Sanders injury from that Kansas game, that looked Worse. awful. Uh, this did not look that bad, but if it was the same ankle that he's been dealing with an injury on, that probably felt awful. Now, Having seen this in person, Xavier Worthy, when something happens to that ankle, I mean, he comes off the field looking like he just got shot in the leg. Right. So the hope is, is that it, it wasn't a possum situation. I'm sure he was truly hurt, 
but uh, his reaction wasn't uh, was was an, was an over exaggeration for what the a- actual injury was. Yeah, I mean, last week he left and then came back and was returning punts. So right. with a month, I mean, I I feel feel pretty good about that. We'll see with Derek and kind of how that plays out. But I mean, overall, I mean, really all you could ask for in the overview of the whole year. Um, I mean, hell, they they they. They knew kind of what was in front of them. Sark did a good job. We've talked about letting them know and not trying to hide from it. And they answered every call. I mean, this was this was everyone's biggest game for a long time, whether it's TCU, Baylor, Tech, um, Iowa State. Go through the list. Like, this was – we're going to give you a goodbye, and no one could, except for OU, but they're coming with us. Ike asks if we have any ideas to why Ollie Gordon was being such a punk in the second half. Yeah, that's frustration for a guy who was one of the leading rushers in the country who was having an impossible time finding any room to run. And he from there the year by far. And it's no coincidence that it was against a Texas team that really hasn't let anybody bust loose running the football this year. 13 carries for 34 yards. Wow. Ollie Gordon under three yards of carry added four for 54 through the air which isn't bad, but that's not where he uh, he really has earned his uh, his figurative or maybe literal paycheck this year for the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, Presley was good for them. Was. He's been good forever, man. That guy's been there forever. Um, and then, yeah, no, he didn't do much at all. I mean, Bowman still threw for 253 touchdowns in that, in that one pick. Um, but that'll be Texas weakness if they run into that. But you, as you kind of pointed out, who knows if they will? I mean, it's a down year for the big 12 down year for the sec down year for the ACC. Um, probably normal year for the big 10 up year for the pac 12 where they've been, but a down year for college football. So it's a great year to get in and roll the dice. Yes, it is. There is uh, no great team this year, just uh, a bunch of good ones. And yeah. Texas is in that category of good teams. And it's weird. I've almost felt a, an emotional flip with regards to why I have a belief in this football team, because all the way up to this point, it was how good the defense has been. And that's still there. That's not hasn't completely vanished. But because there does seem to be some deficiencies still in the secondary and the ability to cover the opposition's passing attack, I now have more faith in this team be able, being able to do something greater because of the offense and just how good they've been over the last few weeks now. Great point. Um, yeah, which is kind of why it feels more complete because I think people question the offense nationally if they're looking at uh, beauty rankings for CFP. And like the offense has kind of reminded people of what they look like when they're really going and going well. And I think Sark's gotten a better feel for him. They've also gotten healthier on the offensive line, which is big. Yes. Once Cole Hudson was out with Jake Majors, we've talked about it. Cole Hudson was so important, even if he's not starting, even if he's your sixth guy, because if the center goes out, he can play that and play guard. And so they, um, you know, they look a lot healthier now. They look better. They look more in tuned. And that's how, my biggest thing when they were struggling in those three games, three wins, I told you, I said, still get better. Show you're getting better. For me, long-term as a fan, as the overview of the program, more importantly, but for the CFP in this year and the committee, make sure you're getting better. And they've gotten better. Um, I mean, they look a lot better the last couple of weeks. You can say competition, but Oklahoma State's the 18th team in the country, so – they they just whipped the shit out of them. I'm looking at team stats right now, Trey. And I mean, Texas had 20 more first downs. <laughs> they had 10 more rushing first downs and 10 more passing first downs. Like they were, you know, total net rushing 31 to 198. Like they really whipped the crap out of them. And 42-21 was kind of us being classy on the way out because. I think he could have, the way they were working in space with the receivers and a lot of the, I don't know if we've talked about it on this, but on on the uh, uh, stream we did, the out and up games, like their routes were really good. We haven't mentioned on either to Vondre. How cool was that? And he gave the Heisman pose. I'm sure Bucky loved that, right? 
Oh, yeah, that, that gimmicky play. I guess it's going to be in the playbook the rest of the way now that we've gotten a second uh, passing touchdown. Oh, shut up. Just enjoy it, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it was a, a fun moment for a football team that was cruising to victory. And uh, they, But uh, to, uh, to your point, they did do something different on a short yardage situation that I really liked, and that is get into the brotherly shove formation and snap the ball with Sanders going in motion and handing it off to Jatavian Sanders. That looks like a lethal play there to pick up uh, more than a couple of yards if you are deploying it right and not overdoing it. Do you remember the little wingback lead I told you about, how Philly did that a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Tuesday that. and Thursday, Pod? Good, good do, you spot remember, do you remember anything I say during those at all? Look, I, I'm talking for – 12 plus straight hours a week on, on these shows. So I forget a lot, unfortunately. Right, I remember a lot of what you say, but. We talked about it and I said, I said, Trey, I said, you know, they actually have a counter to that now, Philly. And they're giving a little quick little lead, wingback lead and hitting a corner right away. That was that play. I do remember that now. Yes, I do. Yeah. It's a little bit that, more. That was that play with JT Sanders, man. Good this for Sark for poaching that game plan, bro. <laughs> Good for Sark for poaching that from then. Then right. it was very effective. Which, which is what Sean Payton in New Orleans, Sean McVay, Shanahan—they all lack. They've got these R and D departments, research and development. It's like one department in the NFL, and some colleges have them. I think UT does too. That literally all they do is scour film everywhere. D three guy in Canada. Uh, we're looking at it. Heard this guy does a lot of cool stuff. Sean Marion, how he, you know, how he got, um, or Brennan Marion. Sean Marion, different, more of a alley oop guy. But Brennan Marion, how he got discovered, how Mike Gundy got his OC. You know, you you look at film, you're like, this guy's really good. You can poach stuff, and they poached that from Philly. It's exactly what it was. Matthew, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Nice moments. You were at the game. It was phenomenal. I don't doubt that. Thank you to you. Magic Man ATX with the super sticker as well. Thank you to everyone who has uh, supported like that or if you're just watching and or listening right now. We appreciate all of you on the YouTube comments line brought to you by Clean Cause on that Coda text line as well. And uh, we do need to get to the offensive play of the game offensive play of the game brought to you by hat creek burger company did you know hat creek celebrated its 15th birthday earlier this football season they actually started out as a food truck in austin behind star bar on west 6th street all the way back in 2008 since then they've continued to grow to 26 locations across texas with spots in austin dallas houston san antonio temple and Waco. It is a great spot to take the family. Most of the locales do have a really cool playscape or outdoor play area, and they've got such good food to boot, burgers, fries, and yes, that birthday cake shake to wash it all down. Find that location and go to Hat Creek Burger Company. What is your offensive player of the game, Kevin? Well, it's not the Dr. Pepper halftime show for 100K of tuition, which I love. Go for it. That's I mean, right. I had the second biggest screw up on a uh, Texas related broadcast today. Yeah, exactly. The screw up is costing a hundred uh, Dr. Pepper a hundred thousand dollars. No doubt. And so, yeah. So apparently they screwed up. But here's here's my big thing out of everything. And I've noticed this for probably I don't know a decade, maybe longer. But none of this stuff. Like there need to be some rules. No. You have to fire it in there. You It has to look like a football motion, okay? I'm not saying that we're measuring RPMs and looking for wobbliness, but, like, none of this. I mean, you know, no Rick Berry stuff, you know? Fair? Yeah. Okay. 10-7 Alabama. Uh, the... the- uh, granny, granny free throw. What's up? By Rick Perry, you mean the granny free throw? Uh, Rick Barry. Rick, I said Rick Perry. Yeah. Rick Perry, you mean? Oh, I understand what you're saying. I was not paying close attention to the doctor. Rick Perry would be a different free throw. I've seen, I've seen that enough now. 
Yeah. yeah, know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. You need to actually pull back and throw the football, yes. And that by the way, I'm, be... I'm doing this to someone who actually played basketball. I doubt they know thumbs out. Um, But, you know. This overhand motion, this yes. overhead motion should be required to do the Dr. Pepper challenge. I agree. I'm going to ask you to look down, give him a couple pats, look off, and boom. But. Overhand throw that thing. Yes. Overhand, it's got to be an overhand throw. You can go sidearm. I don't want to see two hands on the ball and it like you're pitching an option ball. That, does, that should not be happening. Go sidearm all you want. Go Philip Stidham on me. Do the underhand with the spiral, but don't do the two-handed yeah. push shot. No, you're right about that. By the way, I just fired up like the three 1990 Southwest Conference baseball people who are listening right now. There's probably more than that. Oh, what was the uh, what was the esoteric comment that just went over my head? 1990 Arkansas submarine side armor. Um, Philip Stidham. Uh, he was dirty. Hmm. Two seamer slider change everything. Uh, offensive play of the game. God, um, I mean, I almost want to say you know, we could go to Bondre. You said they were cruising, but that, that got to like 21-7, right? Let's see. The Tavondre touchdown was 21 to 7. Yeah. Okay. You could do JT, which got to 14 nothing. Um, you could do Keelan Rob. I mean, Keelan Robinson, it's been so fun cool one. to see him more involved in the game plan. Um, yeah, I agree. Finally. Right. And I would have done it before, but you only have so many balls to go around. I've got one. You've got two. Um, he only has one to go around to so many people. So the fact that it does show you how deep Texas is in spots like that. They're not deep in the secondary. They're only so deep in the offensive line. But in both cases, they're deeper than they were because they can fill out a starting lineup. They yep. can actually play. Yeah, I think my offensive play of the game would have been the C.J. Baxter 10-yard touchdown run that made it 28-7 to where it felt like a give-up point for Oklahoma State because, like, yeah. he should have been tackled at, like, the four or the five. Yeah. But these guys are just sliding off of him like a like he was a uh, fireman's pole. And he gets into the end zone. And, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State, a couple series later, cuts it to 28-14 to because of uh, just a – uh, Quinn Ewers missing the linebacker in the middle of the field, and they get that interception. But that was the point where I was like, there's no way that Oklahoma State is winning this game. There was that feeling existed at 7 nothing and 14 to nothing. But at 28 to 7, it's like, oh, yeah, this is done. We're going to yeah. take their best shot the rest of the way. We're still going to find ways to score points, and we're only going to be able to do so much against this defense. In terms of separation, I agree. I'd go sweat because I think he's a team's MVP. And True. should should be in New York. I mean, I even before. I mean, Bo Nix and uh, Penix have played really well all year. And man, there's a lot of people that follow college football. There's all levels of intellect and really know what they're talking about and depth of of knowledge. Just because history gives you knowledge, and the people that got so pissed off that those guys are going to New York, I get it, but they've also played really well. And actually, you could say, for the most part, played well last night. But Sweat should be in New York. Not win it, but he should be in New York. He's been that good and that dominant for this team. The fact that he scores a touchdown like that and they're dancing and celebrating like that, that almost felt like it was over with, too. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, Jaden Daniels should win the Heisman Trophy, but does he? He should be there. Not every year should go to a quarterback. This is a great year to go to a defensive player. I would have Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, Marvin Harrison, Tavondre Sweat. And at that point, I don't know. Um, I mean, you go an offensive lineman. I don't know exactly who you'd take on that. If Brock Bowers would have been healthy, I'd have a tight end there. Um, but this could go to anyone. It could go to Sweat. I mean, but it should have gone to Orlando Pace. It should have gone to multiple defensive guys. And if they don't return punks or play receiver, um, but he's been that good. Um, he's been that dominant. Like he's going to go out, you know, I didn't see Shear, I didn't see Sims, um, Scott Appleton, 63 McMichael. Um, I know I'm missing guys too, right now, 
Um, but I saw Rodgers and Hampton, and he's almost like a combination of that. Like, that guy's unblockable. He's been the MVP of this team, period. Need to uh, give some love on some Super Chats. CB, Big 12 champs, y'all are awesome. Keep up the great work. Katie, how about the highlights in New York City? CB, so I've been dealing with stuff, but I, I, I liked it, I think, but I saw it. So he sent me a tweet, and I'll retweet it. One of the cool things living in New York City for six years like I did was big games like this. And to show you, I always love the oil money thing when people are like, Texas just has oil money. AM to a large degree is there, but AM is also more diversified than that. Texas has money everywhere, yeah. which also helped this championship, by the way. Not only get Sark, the buyout, assistance. Uh, we saw uh, Paul Christ on the sideline. And McDonough kind of mentioned it, that, man, when you have resources like that that are abundant and you have them and spend them, it helps out. And he's talking with Quinn. With Quinn had a huge dip in, which I love. Go, Quinn. Uh, I shouldn't say that, but it was on TV. So, um, But in New York City, it was really cool to go to games like that. And there were like four or five big bars, that many in New York, that had Texas alums. And probably Michigan, Notre Dame had the same thing. And he was had a photo or a video outside of of Times Square, kind of showing reaction to Texas. So, pretty cool. Hmm. We also uh, got a super chat from Shoshana Kellner, twelve bucks. Twelve. Oh, thank you. Twelve. Hook them, gentlemen. Hook them, indeed, Shoshana. Thank you. And Cowpoke Ranch, ten bucks. Congratulations, y'all were a much superior team, and we didn't make the necessary place to hang with y'all. Good luck moving forward, Texas, and happy trails till we meet again. Hateful eight forever. Cowpoke Ranch, I hope you guys resume your rivalry with Oklahoma at some point in the yeah. distant future. That's one that needs to continue. And I, I feel the same way about Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, as I do, and have Texas and Texas A&M up until this year. Like, college football is better with those two teams playing. And I hope it's not too long before you guys get to uh, square off with the Sooners once again. You know, Mike Gundy finishes, first off, very classy. Uh, it's a cowpoke ranch. Is that it? Yeah. Um, very classy to not only donate to us, but also be listening and be cool about it. And um, first off, after 33-7, like hell of a year. And you go out beating Oklahoma. I know that means a hell of a lot more to y'all than it does to beating Texas. And y'all have more than hung with Texas from 2010 on. If you go look at the numbers. I mean, look at what Mac did from 90 or Texas from 96 to 2010. And they really dominated that series. Oklahoma State's dominated it since then. And that's where Gundy was nine and nine coming into this game. I talked about that. And I never, I don't know about you, like, I mean, at times, maybe Kansas State only because they beat us. But certainly AM, OU, uh, TCU, Baylor, Tech, there were some ill will because of stuff that started on maybe both sides, but we felt that as fans, I never felt that with the Oklahoma state, even the 42 16 win in 97, where they've got uh, RW McCorders taking a punt back or Dallas boy. Like I was like, yeah, I'll beat us. You're better. So um, yeah, I've got no ill will, man. I, I, I would have no problem playing Oklahoma state in a non-conference game in a couple of years. Yeah, even Kansas State, like as much as they seem to have Texas number, especially in Manhattan up to a point, that hasn't existed for almost not quite a decade. I want to say like six or seven years now. Texas has uh, resu resumed their ownership of uh, the Kansas State Wildcats. So we, we got that right before it's all said and done, even as the football program wasn't exactly in as successful a position as they were in, in a decade where Kansas State seemed to uh, jump up and and uh, upset Texas more than just about any other team in the conference. I'll also say this. Ideally, the Pac-12 is still around. The Big 12 is still around. Texas is in it. The SEC is still around. The Big 10 and the ACC. And they're not adding. And, I, you know, I'm a free market guy, so I'm not, I'm not a socialist. So I don't know how you could have evened that up. Um, but the TV markets and the economy in general and the free market made the decision 
that we'd all heard forever. I started radio in 1994 at 15. And I was hearing from college football people, this will be two major conferences at some point. I'm actually surprised it got to 2024. Um, but that's where we're at. But ideally, like I, you know, also ideally, there's a lot of ideals in there. It's like getting divorced. It's like ideally you would have cleaned dumb dishes and not been a bitch on this stuff. And and ideally I would have done this, but so there's a lot of other stuff in the Big 12 that would have been ideal for us to stay around. So I'm not saying that I want to stay around, but like in my mind, as someone at 45 who watched all this, like I I don't want to see all this go away. And it was already weird seeing the Southwest Conference go away, man, as a 15-year-old or whatever I was. If Brett Yormark were the commissioner of the Big 12 five years ago, Texas and Oklahoma wouldn't be going to the SEC. Here we go. I tell you what, man, this guy is on the pay, y'all, for Brett Yormark. I mean, you are – what did this guy say to you? Did he give you like a, a verbal handy before the interview? I admire how he values relationships. I think that he is uh, pretty forthright whenever he uh, talks to people and gives answers on things. And I also – he's creative, and he's he not only thinks outside the box – he takes risks, and uh, th those are qualities that I admire and that I am drawn to. You have a lot of those same qualities. So even though he uh, he pissed off the uh, the fan base that I am a part of and uh, slighted our football team in the process, I understood exactly what was happening in that moment. And I think that he is he is a savvy leader that that puts the group that he's in charge of in a much better position than when he got there. And the guy who was in charge five years ago was Bob Bowlesby. Guy's a fucking dinosaur. He was a gatekeeper. He was somebody who had no interest in helping his conference and his teams and the sports that he was in charge of evolving because he was a fat cat in a uh, really successful position in that point in time. And he was also a complete fucking bore, too, to go on top of it, which is why we call him the Bowlesby 5000. And uh, Brett Yormark is somebody who came in with nothing to lose and mixed it up. And look, the Big 12 is a second-tier conference at this point after the SEC and Big 10, but they were heading towards complete irrelevance until he got there. And now they're looked at by some as uh, arguably the third-best conference uh, in all of college sports, especially because of uh, because of the college basketball savvy that now exists. Now, obviously, the ACC is a better football conference right now, but there's no guarantees that, that stays in place, especially if Florida State, Clemson, Miami, maybe North Carolina continue to push for something better than what the ACC has to offer over the next decade. Yeah, first off, Boltsby is an electric, dynamic, and forward-thinking leader. <laughs> and I've always said that. Um <laughs> Boy, I mean, you just fucking went off there. Like, you you love this guy. And, and look, maybe he is. I mean, to me, like I said on the um, – before we started this, you know, you know, I, I appreciate the compliment, kind of. I appreciate the compliment you gave me with the adjectives that were described, but then you compared me to Brett Yormark, and that's like such a big compliment and dig at the same time. So pretty much you think I have three uncles in Queens that – have own shops on the uh, same block, but no one ever goes in there, but they're doing a bunch of business. Yeah, but you're you're taking how he sounds a lot like people take somebody who has a little bit of a Southern or Texas accent and they, yep. they make assumptions based on that person sounds too. And I'm, I've cut through the, uh, the accent and the dialect and I've listened to what the man has had to say. And I've also watched him operate too. And I have more of an admiration clearly than any other. I, I'm the only Texas fan on the planet that doesn't hate the guy. First off, Southern accents been proven 84% of the time. They use that to sound dumber. It's like a Columbo move, you know. Um, you love my Columbo, you know. I mean, you know, I'm not really sure I even know how to get through the door. Um, but no, clearly, you got to take the glasses off and you got to do the real Columbo accent. And you got to take the hat off too because the, the hat is kind of hat eyes also. My hair is probably all messed up. No, your uh, hair is great. You got that great Irish hair. You're like freaking JFK on November 23rd, 1963. Well, the problem, problem is, Trey, there's just too much right now. It's just I, I know. <laughs> That's what I always say, especially right here and right here and right back here. There's always There's too much of it.
Look, uh, Mr. Clifford. Uh, <laughs> I can't see because of the hat. <laughs> um, well, you know, Mr. Clifford, I mean, if I even would have known how to find the address of the people, I could have maybe, maybe gotten to this in time. It sounds like I can't, but you wouldn't know anything about it, would you? Um, I usually give much more, I'm an idiot, which is Columbo. He did that. And that's what Southern accents are. 84%. This has been proven by all studies, all of them. You name it. Not giving you sources. Go look them up. Google it. By the way, Dan, I agree with this. Your Mark did us a favor. He got everyone upset and it became a rallying cry. That is the, that is the healthiest way to look at it. Sure. I agree, but just because someone fucks me over and motivates me doesn't mean that once I win that and actually win the end game that I'm not going to be like, yeah, that motivated me. Um, Anyway, Southern accent, different. The East Coast accent, guys like that that have been at that high level. It's not like I'm grabbing some guy who's, who's, you know, got that accent and he's pulling trash in Staten Island. No, it's him. At the whole Rockefeller, Rocka band, Jay-Z. Rock Nation. Yeah, Rock Nation, that. And uh, and also his behavior at starting. I mean, it, you know, you're going to come in like that and you do not have the resume at all to be a, a commissioner. And not that any of these guys do. Bowlesby was just some fat hat bureaucrat who wasn't doing anything. I'm not saying any of them, but like, I understand it was progressive and forward thinking and it was too late. I think you're right about some of that, but I don't know, man. It's just too much. Maybe, maybe it's my, my years in New York city. I just met too many swindlers that with suits like that and accents like that and resumes like that. I did work at Arista records. Uh, yeah, ain't trusting you. And he proved it and love it. All right, let's get off. Let's get off this. You and I, you and I, we should just do one separate podcast on your mark and get it all out because you want to blow them and I don't hate them as much as you think I do. I'm not, I think you do. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, but I am, I am trying to provide, I don't know what it is, objectivity and some. I see, I see the positive trait of him as a conference commissioner, and I see what he did in Lubbock. And was it? Do I understand why people consider it to be unprofessional? Yes, but I also understand that he was having fun in that moment, which is what he said, which is what he said in that interview with me earlier this week. And it's just like, of course, he was catering to that crowd. He was placating that crowd, and also showing where his allegiance to Texas Tech fans and every other school in the conference and. Is he still rooting for Texas to make the college football playoff? Yes. Why? Because it helps the conference if they make it into the playoff and they make it to the championship game. Uh, it helps the conference even more financially to your uh, to the Johnny Manziel motion that you uh, you made there. Um, but uh, there's also no love lost between Brett Yormark and Texas fans and probably Oklahoma fans going forward. Yeah. Anyway, Cal Poke, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Um, what else about this game? I mean, secondary is the only thing that didn't look good. Um, do you feel a lot more comfortable with Xavier on, on punts that hang up there high and there are people just surrounding him on the fair catch that he's going to catch it like Calvin Murray would at Dishfall Field? If, if it's hanging up there, yes. When he's having to run up for a ball, we saw an example today where it actually worked out for Texas because he basically ran into a guy because he was so late to get over to where the ball was supposed to land. For whatever reason, when he's moving forward in traffic, he doesn't he doesn't get to the spot where he needs to be to actually catch the football cleanly. And it's why he, we've seen him stay away a lot. So short, high punts, those are potentially a problem. If I was a special teams coach and I had a decent punter, I'd be like, don't worry about punting it far. Punt it high to where our guys can get down there and there's traffic and that may cause him to feel this level of distraction to where he drops the football and gives us a, a quick flip of the field. But it worked out to Texas advantage tonight because he was able to run late over to where the ball was about to hit and got the uh, the catch interference. That was early in the game. That was like a couple of drives in the game for the Longhorns and it set them up for another touchdown. 
You mentioned the uh, C.J. Baxter run as maybe offensive play of the game. We go with a lot of them. Um, do you see the Kelvin Blanks, Kelvin Banks block on the pull? On that play? Yeah. I did not. I'll go back and watch that. <laughs> go back and watch it, man. Him and Hayden Connor pull. And they're actually running more counter schemes. Something I asked for about a month ago when we're talking about, how come we can't do anything on fourth and one? Well, we just turn around and do inside zone every fucking time. And you got more creative in the passing, got more creative in the running, the Keelan Robinson, even the way they were blocking that down and uh, the way he was shifting and motioning before. Man, this was good. But this one, these guys are, are, are pulling right. And I mean, Banks got a big one. And Kelvin is one of the sweetest young men you're ever going to meet, one of the smartest young men you're ever going to meet. He's everything you want the a Texas athlete to be the rest of your life. Yeah. And uh, you could babysit. If I had a two-year-old right now, I mean, his girlfriend could babysit it. I'd feel totally comfortable. Like, I mean, he, he's just so mature for his age. But I say that because after he hit him and knocked, just knocked him down, could have knocked him out. I mean, he started celebrating before Baxter even got in there hmm. and pumping his fist. And it kind of, I mean, there were a lot of individual stuff like, that that I'll see that then I'll see the team come together. Like this group really became a family and a team this year. And it took, I think three years, but they got the right culture, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to label it. Like it, it, it's, it works. And you know, whether you're in a group of friends or family members or coworkers, when things are working, you know, it, and they're working right now. And some of that's a lot of that's on the field, but some of that too is, the way they treat each other off the field and the way they react individually and as a team. Yeah. That camaraderie is a big deal. And Steve Sarkeesian has, here we go back to the relationships thing. Like it's been apparent since the get go that Steve Sarkeesian values relationships more than the previous guy or guys. Although I would say Charlie valued relationships more than Herman. Herman was a better football coach, but ultimately that was his undoing. Whereas last year in Austin, guys were afraid to say hi to the head coach in the football offices because he was such an asshole. Yeah. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian uh, made it a point of that to bring people on who also value relationships. And I think that uh, when that is happening at the top, you see that trickle down, trickle down effect, which is why uh, the culture is looked at as so healthy right now. By the way, the Kelvin Banks is a the Kelvin Banks and that pool is a great example. There are a number of examples throughout this game of offensive linemen getting down the field and helping to finish plays off. Yeah, uh, was it JT Sanders? I, I forget if it was the second quarter or the second half, where he takes the ball up the left sideline and nearly gets into the end zone. Christian Jones has a great block, like twenty yards downfield from the line of scrimmage, and there were some other plays like that as well, where these offensive linemen are hustling their butts downfield to uh, to help continue the play, and that's uh, that's a, a great thing to see because it's everybody showing that maximal effort on a given play, even if it's uh, that play is potentially by them in a moment. Okay. Here's what I didn't understand. Somebody tweeted this out a little, or uh, by the way, if you punt at Westlake, you gotta be able to punt, man. There's gotta be 29 kids there a year that can punt. Oh, Westlake Lake Travis happening right now, by the way, Alabama leading 10 to seven, Georgia doinked a field goal that would have tied the game. And now Alabama going forward on the fourth and four. It was a throwdown field. My goodness. Did he catch that ball? Wow. Uh, Alabama converts on fourth and four. It looks like they're right around the 20 of Georgia right now. Is that Isaiah? Yeah, it was. Number 17. Uh, Great catch by that guy. Okay, I didn't see this happen because I was setting things up for the postgame show and then failing to hit go live on the YouTube version of the postgame show. But I guess Jonathan Brooks got in the very last game, which was a kneel down. Great move. Uh, by Sark to get him out there for that final play because of how important he was to this football team up to the point. Oh, shit. Yeah. What? Jermaine Burton, 17-7, man, or 16, going to be 17-7. Oh, what a catch. That was not bad coverage by that Georgia defensive back either, but yeah. No, and those are the type of routes where, where he's gotten better at. We've talked about intermediate, him not being great. This is a slant. And really more post um yeah good ball burton's a former georgia guy too 
Um, I haven't seen, I saw Ladd McConkey. I haven't seen Brock Bowers, but I've been doing this because you forgot to hit record. So, DJ, my apologies on that one. And yes, I agree. Charlie was was a better human than the last guy. And that was a, a low bar that he had to. What did he put before? Uh, man, you guys, I was staring at the YouTube screen for 30 minutes waiting for you guys. I mean, is this what the fuck I pay for? This is yeah, no, we no, I thought I thought we were on DJ. DJ, we're right here. We're we right were, here. We were on, we were on the audio stream. We were I, not on the video stream, unfortunately. And that 55 is 55 minutes. I've 55 minutes I've given today were nowhere near the 30 I gave before. Trey's I wrong. Could, I, I, I personally, that. just me, I was brilliant. The offense wasn't good, but I was good. I was I winning my matchups. I just never better, fucking give me the ball. It's been a better 30 minutes this last 30 minutes. That was all. Not practice, at all. Not at all. Practice was mediocre. The real thing has actually been significantly better. Not at all. DJ, I was, I was, I was catching and throwing and hitting every three. I was, I was hitting bombs in, in batting practice. Um, this was not, this has been okay. In fact, Trey, do you want to do 30 minutes tomorrow? Just you and me. We'll just talk about college football and everything. Yeah, and it'll actually be me thinking that I called you, and for the first time in a, in the history of our friendship, I will have talked for the first thirty minutes of the conversation, and then realized that I didn't fucking call you. My mom does that. My my, my cell phone went off. She finally, I called her back. She goes, "I've been talking for two minutes." I'm like, "You didn't, you know?" She's like, "Well, a lot of times you don't say anything." I'm like, "Well, okay." Is that, is that where you get that from? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh man all what right else have, what else do we have to pay off <laughs> we got to pay off a couple of defensive things here uh we'll go defensive play of the game and then defensive mvp back to back defensive play of the game is brought to you by moonshine patio bar and grill moonshine takes you back to that simpler time that's because it's comfortable and familiar relaxed and easygoing Moonshine greets guests like family while serving up an innovative take on classic American comfort food. They're celebrating 20 years in business this year, and they want to thank everyone in Austin for their support in that time. Go see them for a fantastic dinner or check out their great weekend brunch. Two locations, that original spot downtown near the convention center that we've all been to and coaxed our parents or grandparents into paying for that Sunday brunch. And then also a location in Avery Ranch that my family goes to because it's about five minutes from our house. Go to moonshinegrill.com for more information. What is your defensive play of the game? First off, the Austin uh, Lake Travis game, you know, I love that Westlake's up 21-7 in the fourth. I can't tell how much time's left in Lake Travis because of that awful fucking punt. Sorry if you're listening you know your kid had a bad punt he's punting at Westlake he's probably got a good leg bad punt all right um but on the bug for some reason everything's in white but the score's in red and you can't see it that is uh baffling that is a literal white person's problem right there well it <laughs> 31 seconds, but it's well, okay, but it's still a problem, and it's an easy problem to be fixed. Most non-white people problems are really tough problems, like layer. This one's easy. Go ahead and just put it in white. I agree. It's a white person's problem because it's Westlake and Lake Travis. For anybody who didn't get that one, I know Kevin. I got it. it. I totally I know Kevin got, got it. it, but for anybody else who didn't get that. <laughs> I got it. I'm so focused on it. All right, so what's the, what's the score in that game, by the way? It was 0 0 the one time I checked. Lake Travis just scored a touchdown with, once again, the point white people problems. I think 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So they have to onside and they have no timeouts left. So, um, or maybe one, but that'll be it. What's the score? 21 14 Westlake. 20, okay. Congrats. Those teams, are, those teams are like Washington, Oregon. I mean, it'll it'll be tight this year. Congratulations to your alma mater for moving on to the next round. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I felt like all year long they're a semifinal team, and probably that's it. It's not the Cade Klubnik, you know, Jaden Greathouse, Michael Taft, Ethan Burke, Colton Vosick. You know, <laughs> they had some guys that are playing some serious D1 ball now. It's not that team, but they've been, they've been pretty good. Made a quarterback change. and. You know, it's cool seeing Westlake, Lake Travis, 
Gripping Springs, Vandergrift, um, certainly any of the five or 4A schools. Like Central Texas was not this good back when I was growing up, man. We had a couple programs, but now there are a lot of programs. Or you'll see guys that go to Oklahoma that were, you know, in North Austin or in Pflugerville somewhere. Kind of cool. That makes me proud more than being a Westlake alum. Maybe because I grew up all over Austin, but obviously also very proud of Westlake. Yeah. So uh, defensive play of the game. Man. Um, it's a, it was a weird game statistically for this defense. One sack. That was Anthony Hill. Yeah. Tackles for a loss. So the Hill sack. And then Michael Taff had a tackle for a loss. Hill forced a fumble. Ethan Burke had a fumble recovery. Keaton Crawford had that interception. Maybe it's the Keaton Crawford interception because theoretically Oklahoma State wasn't completely out of it by then. And they were driving and that throw was close to the Texas goal line. You beat me to the punch. The number one thing in my head right away, considering how the game went, is Keaton Crawford because fourth and four, even at that point at 21-7, maybe he goes for it, right? Yeah, and thinking, and also, and, and he obviously read the tea leaves early. Gundy's not a moron, despite the haircut and accent. Getting back to my eighty-four percent thing earlier, maybe higher than that. Um, they probably go for it there midfield, and who knows what happens with our secondary or just them or officials, any of that. Yeah. That the fact that they end up going ninety-five yards, you know, and felt like it was over with that, that, that that's probably our play of the game. All right. And uh, we're in agreement on that. Now, as far as the defensive player of the game, that is brought to you by Kenfield golf cars, Kenfield golf cars. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned golf cart, look no further than Kenfield. They were founded in 1979. They have an unparalleled selection of different golf carts available and new or used. They'd love to turn your existing golf cart into your own design or have them build a golf cart to fix, to fill your needs. Excuse me. Nobody does it better than Kenfield Golf Cars. Check out their website, KenfieldGolfCars.com for more info or give them a call. 512-258-8515. 512-258-8515. Yeah. player of the game. Oh, man. Um, I mean, it could be anyone i mean i i hate to do this because you know the egat shit about me but i um, mean almost like defensive line um as a group because they've been that good and baron sorrell with the pressure today ethan burke the fumble recovery um i thought murphy played well sweat played well i mean is there one guy who stands out is there one guy you want to grab uh, I think if you have to give it to one guy, just looking at simple football football card statistics, maybe it goes to Anthony Hill. Leads the team in tackles, had the one sack, had the forced fumble that yeah. would turn over. So Anthony Hill, if I'm yeah. picking one guy. That's fine. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at it now. I mean, six was the total. Then you have five, four. I mean, they did three guys with four solos. So that's probably your guy. Um and he's played really well all year. I think it's a good example, though, of how this team, you know, the fact that we just struggle with that. I mean, it could have been Jalen Ford. This team played really well for the most part all year long and played as a team. So, yeah, let's go Anthony Hill, man. All right. And now the final word. The final word is brought to you by Paul's Motor Works. They've been repairing foreign to domestic cars in Austin since 2000. Specializing in BMW, Mini Cooper, Mercedes-Benz, Audi, Volkswagen, and Porsche. They do way more than that, though. It's where BK gets his oil changes, too. Don't trust your car to anyone. Trust your car to the great people of Paul's Motorworks. Check them out online at pmwaustin.com. I'm giving you the final word today, buddy. Final word, Westlake did win 21-14, so they're moving on. I was can't wait to uh, rewatch that. but. This was, I mean, if any of us that are Texas fans, if you would have told us before the year they're going to go 12 and 1, they're going to beat every single team of this conference you're leaving, 
I mean, getting back to your mark and the emotions. I mean, a lot of times you can get six months or five months after something and forget about the emotions or the motivation that started with that. And as fans, a lot of the, you're right, Texas fans can be, I mean, a little touchy and they do get touched a lot. Um, but there was a lot of real stuff that was in there. I mean, a lot of real vitriol and, and a lot of real hate against Texas, the school, the fan base, the team, the players, you name it. And if you would have told all of us that they're going to beat all those teams on the way out and be 12-1 and and have a chance, a really good chance, because I think Louisville is going to win tonight, to go to the playoff or to be in really seriously in that scenario to where people like Sean McDonough are saying in the 10 years the CFP has been around, if this team doesn't get in, they're the best team that didn't get in. Man, the program's come come a long way. It was five and seven, eight and five. And a lot of those little culture wins uh, we saw happen this year. And it's not where we want it to be, but damn, it's a lot better than it has been essentially for 13 years. So no matter what happens tonight, Florida State may get out and jump to a 21-0 lead. And the true freshman who hadn't started the game is that legit of a prospect and is crushing it. And Louisville's turning the ball over. I will still be so happy. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to let tonight ruin what this whole year has been, which has been really, really fun and also historic. Like 95, the last comp- Southwest Conference Championship. You can say 96, but that's beginning something. Anytime it's the last of anything, you want to go out. In 98 with the Bulls, uh, felt the same way. It's like, this is the last one. We have to go out with a W. And the fact they did that, I didn't know if they could and honestly didn't really think they would all the way through. And they did. And you can never take away the last conference championship. We beat all y'all on the way out. And peace, motherfuckers. Well said for Kevin Dunn and everybody else here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Thank you for watching and listening today throughout the course of college football and going forward because we're not going anywhere, people. We will talk to you tomorrow. Adam Wagner has a couple hours of fantasy football talk on tap from 10 to 12. And then from 8 to 5 on Monday, starting with Bucky and BK, Kevin and I will be back your way on Tuesday from 3 to 5. In the meantime, have yourselves a great rest of the weekend. Congratulations on your Big 12 championship. Go Louisville and go cards. Hook them. Bye, guys.